Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Puck Perspective, where we'll be talking about the hockey talk around the league and focusing especially on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators. I am one of your hosts, Alex Kack. And I'm your other co-host, Dylan Robertson. Today, we will be looking at the season previews for both the Leafs and the Senators, and just some of the few news items that revolve around them at the beginning of training camp. But before we get into that, um, we kind of just wanted to do a little brief introduction of not only the podcast itself, but of of us as well. So as Alex said, we're probably going to be looking into um, fully wide topics, but we're going to be focusing in more on the Leafs and Senators. Um, And we figured being the first day of training of uh, preseason that it would be a great time to start getting these podcasts going. And we have a few ideas for other podcasts before the regular season starts, which we will hopefully be bringing to you um, pretty soon. I think we're going to be trying to record about a podcast, what, every week or so, something like that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Us being in different cities, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but we'll probably um, do our best. Um, and yeah, just maybe a little bit about ourselves. I don't know. Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So I was born a Leafs fan. My dad took me for, to my first Leafs game when I was something like three years old. And unfortunately for me, I focused more on Carlton the Bear than anything else. Wow. I didn't really watch the game. Yeah, well, they're, the Leafs weren't very good back then anyway, so. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> was... Yeah, they were, they were still good in those days. Yeah, well, they were getting good. Yeah. and But I've been a Leafs fan ever since then. Thank you, Carlton. Uh, and I actually learned how to read the newspaper at a very young age, something like five years old, just because I wanted to follow the Leafs and I wanted to be able to follow them through the newspaper. But since I didn't grow up with cable, Hockey Night in Canada was actually the only way I could watch the Leafs on a consistent basis. And so... Um, it was a very trying time for me, and I always loved to watch games when I had the opportunity to. Of course, the Leafs teams from the early 2000s really hold a high place in my heart because they're basically the only successful teams I've ever witnessed. <laughs> very true. <laughs> you had Sundin, Gary Roberts, even we brought Neuendijk. You had Cujo and that. It was, it was a great time. And uh, the last 10 years have been filled with a lot of pain and misery and just bad management and it became hard to watch at sometimes but I know my love for the team has never died and uh, I've always just loved following them and there's no no better time to like them than now yeah and it it just I'm just happy I'm not a bandwagon fan (laughs) not one of those and uh, how about you Dylan well actually I, I I was born in Vancouver and thank god I moved before I became a hockey fan because I don't know if I would have been able to handle Jim Benning not only Jim Benning but the Stanley Cup final loss and the team is just so bad right now in such a bad shape so thank god I moved away from there and I moved to Ottawa when I was uh, five years old and that's when I started playing hockey and started to develop a love and passion for the game I mean a lot of my first favorite player ever was uh, Marion Hossa and from then on it became Spezza, Heatley, Alfredson, who were kind of running the running the show and um, kind of dominating the league for a year or two. They were they were at the top of their game, and then obviously the trip to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I was I was a pretty big fan at that point. 
Actually, little known fact, <laughs> before I became a Sens fan, I was kind of half Sens, half Habs fan. Oh, God. And thank God that went away as well, because, uh, yeah. You grew out of the phase? I, I grew out of the phase, and I, I picked the right side. But yeah, again, the last couple of years have not been all too great either. Obviously, last season made it far, but um, it'll be interesting to see if they can repeat that again. Yeah, anyways, but that was about it. Oh, okay, so now that you know a little bit about us, uh, we'll tell you a little bit about the upcoming season for both these teams. So we are going to start off with... Start with the Leafs? The Leafs? Yeah, that, yeah that, why not? The team is going to be lower in the standings, right? Something like that. <laughs> well, lower than like maybe Tampa Bay, but okay. I don't know about about other teams so much. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to... We were going to start by doing the projected lineups. Is that what you want to start yes, with? let's start with the projected okay. lineups. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, so we both, we've both kind of prepared what we sort of think, and we're going to each compare to, as to what each of us has. So you want, you want to start? Yeah, so, uh, obviously we follow Leafs news and whatnot, and, um, it kind of looks as though the Leafs lineup is going to be something that looks like Matthew, Hyman, and Nylander, and then a second line of, well, second, I put in quotation marks, because you've kind of got... At least two somewhat first lines, and maybe like a 1B, because the Leafs are that deep at forward. But then you got Bozak, JVR, and Marner, and it looks like a third line of potentially Kadri, Marlowe, and Brown, which would mean that Komarov would be dropped to the fourth line, playing with Moore and uh, Martin. And honestly, I could definitely see this lineup working just because of the fact that, well, that fourth line is terrifying to play against. Because if you've if you're playing back-to-back and you're playing against more uh, Martin and Komarov, I think I'd honestly shit a brick. <laughs> yeah. That, like, you're no, getting it's, checked. it's scary. That's a deep lineup. And honestly, I had the exact same thing. I, I don't think there's a better way for them to structure the lineup. Just a lot of people have an issue with Hyman being on the top line. But I, I really like that because, um, I mean... You you can't put all your best players on the first line. There's just no need to when you've got Matthews and Nylander there. And one thing that people don't really talk about, which I think is Hyman's really good at, is he's he's if you watch the the uh, Leafs games, he's one of their best players at retrieving loose pucks and going in deep into the dirty areas in the offensive zone. And then he just he's great at getting Matthews the puck or Nylander the puck, which is pretty much what that role should be on as the sort of third winger on that line. I, I think it's actually a perfect fit, and it allows them to put a guy like Marlowe on the third line to make an amazing top nine. So I think it works perfectly. Yeah. Actually, you say he's one of the best at puck retrieval. I would say he's yeah. the best at puck retrieval yeah. on the Leafs. I don't De- think oh, definitely on the Leafs. Definitely I would say Leafs. for sure. He's got to be, what, top 10 in the league at puck retrieval? Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just assume something yeah. like that. He's ridiculous. He's really good at it. But yeah, if I could actually structure the lines in how I'd like it, I do like Martin. I like what he brings to the team. I think he's got like a great influence on the. He's had a great influence on the rookies. Like you can tell that he's actually friends with at least Marner. They, for sure. Yeah, um, and and same for me. Like, I think they're gonna have him there, but I I feel like there are better options. But I mean, if if they see something in him that they think. He, he adds something to the lineup, then that's fair, fair enough. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't necessarily agree, but that's their yeah. decision. 
Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I think in this situation that the Leafs in the salary cap era are a team that could honestly run a four-line system. And this would be the first of its kind because in the salary cap era, the only way you could do that is if you had quality enough players on cheap enough contracts to do that. And since you're sitting with Matthews, Nylander, Marner, uh, and... Even like Hyman and Brown. And then Hyman and Brown. They're all pretty cheap. Yeah. You you could have four players on ELCs and two players making under two and a half a year in... Uh, and you also have more making under. Mm-hmm. He's making a mil. So you could have seven players in your 12 forwards making under $2.5 million a year. And so that really leaves the chance to make a top 12 instead of a top 9. So you Definitely. Could, instead of moving Komarov down to the fourth line, you keep him with Kadri and Brown. And you run a last line of Moore, Marlowe, and either Kapanen or Levo. And That's if insane. you play, like, you could even play them, like, 12 minutes a night and put 16 and minutes on Kadri, Bozak, and like Matthews. In that situation, you're, it's it's weird to play Marlowe on the fourth line, but if, if he's also playing power play as well and penalty kill, For sure. he'll, he'll be getting his 15, 16 minutes a night, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, for how much he's getting paid, maybe it's a little small, but I, I don't see any problem with that at all, really. Yeah, and what you could also do is when power play time does come up, JVR, Bozak, and Marner are definitely more of a power play unit than even strength. And you could really put more even strength time with Matthews, Nylander, and Totally, Hyman. totally. And just because you have four lines that can play hockey and like actually get the job done, like you don't have a fourth line that you're just throwing out there to kill time. I think you could definitely run a four-line system and it would be very effective. And I also think the benefits of it would be less injuries because players are playing less minutes in the game of high-intensity stress, which is, again, a reason why I think the Leafs weren't injured so much last year because Babcock tried to run that system instead of relying on his top players so much. And, yeah, and I think they'd just be fresher during the games and the Leafs would have a lot more uh, scoring and, yeah, I just think it would be a lot more productive for the team. But, again, I'm not making the lines. Yeah. But I think that's uh, pretty much everything we want to talk about for the forward group, right? Is there anything else? I think we're pretty good there. Yeah, I think we're we're pretty good. Okay. On to the D. What did you have? What are you thinking they're going to do? Because this is a bit more up in the air, I, I would think. Um, I don't think it's so much up in the air. I think five of the defensemen are set. You're going to have a Riley yeah, Hainsey pairing, yeah. Gardner Zaitsev, and then it's basically whoever you want to pair with Carrick on the third line. Yeah. And at this time, I think the front runner for the position, okay, you could say Marincin has a chance, but I don't think they're going to go with him. Neither do I. I think it's going to be Travis Dermott, just because he played so well for the Marlies last year. He was also basically their most trusted defenseman. Definitely, definitely. And I know that um, because, was he a second round pick? He was a... He was second or... Third, he was in the same draft as Nielsen. He, he was either. I like, think he was the second the round last pick. pick of the first round or the first Mm-mm. pick of the second round. He was not a first rounder. I really. He was, okay, yeah, he was definitely very high in the second round, and I know that his contract is structured so that he has no bonuses. Um, which and he's only getting paid, I believe, like eight hundred thousand dollars or something like that. I think it's eight 
863. So I, I definitely think that he's the front runner to be in that position just because of how cheap he is and that there's no risk of him getting those bonuses, which the Leafs are already burdened with. Yeah, so he was the 34th overall pick, so that was the uh, fourth pick of the second round. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to be him who uh, gets that sixth defenseman spot. I don't really see... I don't think Marincin will beat him to it. I, yeah. I really don't. Although the one thing you could think about is if you look at this Leafs D right now, you've got Hainsey, Ridley, and Zaitsev who play penalty kill. Right. And last year, Polak and Hunwick were the top two. Actually, Polak and I believe Riley were the top two, and then Hunwick. I'm, I, I might be wrong about that, but... Without Polak in this lineup, you don't have a penalty killer. And in the playoffs, Marincin was second highest in the ice time. Yeah, for actually, Marincin penalty killed a lot more than people know. I, I think he, he was very high up in, as well. He was over three minutes a game for yeah. penalty kill. Yeah, and he was like he seemed to be one of Babcock's favorite, favorite guys to go to for that. For the penalty which kill, Which is for kind sure. of surprising, but... Well, his stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that stick. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess so. You agree that Dermot, Dermot, however you pronounce it, Travis is probably going to be uh, number six. Yeah, I think he's gonna one. Be number one six. thing that I think is it could be interesting is I'm I'm really really high on Connor Carrick, and I'm curious to see if I don't think it'll be right out of the gate, but throughout the season, if if he starts playing really well as I expect him to, I would not be surprised if he became Riley's partner on the first line. In the first pairing, and they ended up moving Hainsey down to the third pairing to play more with Dermot. I, I wouldn't really not be shocked if that happened. Definitely think it's possible. Okay, I agree with Carrick being moved up in the lineup, potentially in the season based on his play, because I think he's an awesome defender, and I think he's going to grow as a player. But I think he's going to play with Gardner, because they were so good last year together, and Riley and Zaitsev already have really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. So I think... Zaitsev would move back with Riley, depending on how Gardner and yeah, Zaitsev that, play. That, that could be true as well. And Carrick moves with yeah. Gardner just because they have the familiarity. And yeah. They've already had success. And then Hainsey can definitely mentor Dermot mm-hmm. or Derm- whatever whatever his name is. The only thing is I, I felt like um, Gardner and Carrick, they're both kind of offensive-minded guys. And Carrick being with Gardner, I think he was sort of not limited, but he felt like he had to play more of the defensive role because he was with Gardner, and maybe that sort of limited uh, his offensive production or potential. And I, maybe maybe that's a reason to not put him with Gardner, but I don't know. I Either way, I see him having a really good season. I, I don't really expect... I don't really expect him to stick on that third pairing the whole year, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think... Well, when you when you bring up that Gardner's an offensive defenseman and Carrick felt like he couldn't uh, go offensively, I definitely do somewhat agree with that because he definitely was responsible when he played with Gardner. But I think the reason why they brought Hainsey in was so that Riley could become the offensive defenseman. They always That's thought a good he would point. Be. That's a very good point. And so I think it's kind of the same situation. If you put Carrick with Riley, that's he's very still going to be yeah, defense. That, that's a good point. Very good point. So I don't really know because we I don't think we've seen Riley's offensive full his often full offensive potential yet. No. I really don't think we have. Well, two years ago he had his uh, <clears throat> most points in a season, and that mm-hmm. was with that horrible Leafs team. Like 
Yeah. They could not hit the broadside of a barn with a puck. They were so bad. It was so painful to watch Things those Things change games. quickly, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then this year he played a more defensive role. He didn't really get much power play time because of Babcock's 4-1 system mm-hmm. for forwards and defense. I, I'm, I'm curious. Do you, who do you view as the Leafs' best defenseman? Honestly, I think it's got to be Gardner. Yeah, like, I... Like, I know plus minus is not a stat that people put much stock into, but you have to be doing something right if you're a plus 25 and no one else on, and that you have one other player on the team is cracking plus t- over plus 10. Yeah, of course. Definitely. That's that's true. I mean, I wouldn't look too much into the stat, but Yeah, but like he's got to be doing something right. And like Definitely. He's got definitely the best slap shot and the be- probably the best wrist shot too. I don't he- know. He doesn't he, use it too much. It's effortless him, watching him uh, carry the puck out of his out of their for own sure. zone. It's and that's such a valuable and underappreciated asset for a player, yeah. especially a defenseman. Obviously, yeah. he definitely has the best zone entries. Yes, and leaving the zone. and exits. Yeah, exits. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think. And then so that just leaves us with who's going to be sitting in the press box, right? Right, and. I don't think there's much discussion here. I think we're of the players sitting in the press box, it's probably going to be Levo, Marincin, and either they bury Eric Fair in the minors or they... They could squeeze him into the lineup, I suppose. Or mm. I don't see them doing it, though. I don't know. And it, I've heard... People say, oh, what if Haynes gets squeezed out of the lineup? Well, you'd have two defensemen sitting in the press box, and yeah. you don't really want that along with Levo. And so then, like, if Eric Fair gets claimed off waivers, I don't think it's the biggest deal. But, again, yeah. the Leafs don't have too much center depth. That's It's true. After Fair, you're going to um, Ben Smith and then probably Colin yeah. Greening. I, I think they would rather go to Goche, but he's obviously still injured. Yeah. He's um, going to be out for a while. Yeah, so... And Ben Smith was not good last year. <laughs> That's was, an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Colin Greening, being a Sens fan, I've seen enough of him. I wouldn't want to see any more, to be honest. Actually, when he played for the Leafs after the trade, the Dionphanov trade, he was scoring at 0.5 points a game. Yeah. Which is very unexpected, but mm-hmm. hey, he did it. And he's probably going to be captain of the Marlies now. Yeah, good for him. He's, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a real character also, builder. Yes, he is. Why does it seem like all the character builders in the league, like guys with great character and are grit and glue guys, suck at playing hockey? I don't know. Just the narratives. Yeah. And then I don't really think we need to put too much into who the goalie's going to be. No. Nope. Obviously, Curtis McLean is going to be the starter. Of course. Of course. He will. Frederick Anderson will be his backup, you know. What about Kaski Sewell? Uh, give him a year. Yeah. Or... Three. Yeah. We got the the great day. I've heard he's not. I've never seen him play, obviously. but Well, not obviously, but I've heard he's pretty good, actually. Actually, I heard from from what I've been uh, reading and whatnot that um, Wool could be mm, yeah. the, the goalie of the Leafs' future. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah. But we'll have to see how he does in uh, college because yeah. he played his rookie season last year and actually did pretty well, considering. Mm-hmm. But yes, okay. Um, should we continue on with the Leafs now then? 
Yeah, so I think uh, we're going to move on to the point projections. Yeah, we'll do point projections. Yeah, why don't we do that? We've both sort of um, created a list of our top 10 point producers for each, the Sens and the Leafs, and we're going to... We haven't looked at each other's list. We're just going to kind of compare what we got. So I think from our discussions before we started recording that our number one player on the team is different. Yes, yes, that is very true. So why don't we go, you say your number one, I'll say my number one. I went with probably the more conventional or the more mainstream pick of being number one, Austin Matthews. I said he was going to get 75 points, which I believe is, he had 69 last season, so a little bit more than he had this year. I, I see him, maybe his goal number going down a bit, but I think he'll probably end up with more assists this season is my prediction. Yeah, I... I had uh, actually Mitch Marner at number one because it's it's a good choice as well. Yeah, he's uh, he's the little engine that could, and he will continue to do so. And I think that before he got mono, he was producing at a ridiculous rate, mm-hmm. and he missed a few games with an injury. And I just think that if he had that time back, he could have challenged Matthews for the scoring title on the Leafs. But since he missed that time... And with a little bit of growth in the offseason, I don't know how much growth, I'm projecting him at 75 points. Yep, that's same as me, just different player. Anyway, so I'm guessing you have Matthews number two, is that... Yeah, that, that's yeah. good, yes. Okay, Who? What? Uh, how many points did you have him? I had Matthews sitting actually at about the same, 70 points. Okay, so just a bit under. So, And the way I we've done it is we've uh, done it in five, so we're not guessing an yeah. exact amount. We're just saying like, oh, ballparking, ballparking around 75, 70, and just so on and so forth. Right. But yeah, I think, again, he's going to score less goals, but he's just too I, good of a player, and I think he'll get more assists. Last year, he was 40 goals, 29 assists. I, I see it being more of an even split between the two. Yeah. Me too. Because I think he'll be playing... I, I could see Nylander, who only had 22 goals last year. I think that'll go up a bit. So <laughs> I figure they'll both kind of balance each other out a bit more. Yeah, Nylander's definitely going to start shooting a bit more, I think. Definitely, definitely. He's got such a good shot. But yeah, so I had Marner number two <coughs> at 65 points, yep. which is a little bit more than he had this season. Um, I could easily see him going more than that, too. He's such a dynamic player although with his points i think his goals are i don't where they i think he's maxing out at about 25 goals like but his assists are just gonna skyrocket like i think as a player he's gonna max out around 25 and he's one of those guys where i you you i'll see i could see him leading the leafs in scoring chance generation for years and years like he's just such a dynamic offensive threat that way Mm mm-hmm um, three. Who did you have? William Nylander. I had the same guy. I had him at sixty points. I had him at seventy as well. Oh wow! Think, so another little step up. Yeah, I think he and Matthews are going to somewhat mirror each other this year, just yeah, because. That's fair. When Matthews scores, Nylander assists, yeah. and when Nylander scores, well, I don't know if Matthews is really passing the puck that much, but. Well, like you said, I think Nylander will shoot more this season. Yeah. So he shot ten percent last year, a little bit low. Should expect that to go up a bit. He's got so I I, I definitely think um, we could see Nylander's goal total push towards thirty, maybe. Well, he's at twenty two last year. Yeah, I could see him being a thirty goal scorer. And yeah. like, just think about the World Championships when he was playing with Backstrom. 
He was ridiculous. That was just... He was insane. Honestly, if could you imagine putting, like... What if William Nylander's the goal scorer that, like... And, like, he needs a playmaker to set him up. Yeah. That would just be ridiculous because he's so good already as a playmaker. So smooth. Silky smooth. smooth. Silky smooth Swede. Both his hair and his gotta hockey. Love, gotta love the Swedes. <laughs> Svenska. <laughs> um, so, yeah, moving on to number four. Number four. I, now, from now on, it could go anywhere. I don't know where we're going to be. Okay. I, I had JVR. Same. Okay. Although my point total is a bit different from yours. Yeah. But it's only because of one reason. Right. I have him at 65. Yeah. That's fair. He had 62 last year, so. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I see Marner making a 15-point jump. Yeah. And I think it's going to be because he's giving JVR and Bozak tappins. Fair. And so I just don't see him dropping. And JVR has been scoring, yeah, yeah. like at this kind of rate for his career. Like I just goals. don't see him not scoring like this next year. He's just a very consistent player. You know he's going to get around sixty, and I think he'll just yeah, get a at, few more. At parts of this t- times last year, he was so good. He was dominant. Yeah, JVR. He's also like just ugh. he 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 can be annoying to watch. I guess I there are times out. No, I, I hate watching JVR yeah. play. It just is so annoying because he's such a huge body, but he just is not a physical player, and he's mm-hmm. just so scared. Like he does go in front of the net, but he doesn't get physical ever, and it's just so irritating because you watch him score these highlight real goals where yeah. he's like in close and and you just want you want so much more. Yeah, yeah. I just I I feel like I want Eric Lindros, but yeah. It's not going to happen. No, no. He's still a great player, though. Yeah, definitely a pure goal scorer. Could be his last year in Toronto. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. I wouldn't be surprised either. I think it will be, honestly. I don't think they'll be able to afford him. Unless he takes a very hometown discount. But yeah. They're going to be losing someone. Yeah, that's for to. sure. Which is unfortunate, but yep. it's hockey. And then you had him at... I had Javier at 55, and you had him at 65, right? Yeah. All right, so a little bit off, but it makes sense either way. Yeah. I, I had a little step down. You had a little step up. Um, the next, I had Tyler Bozak. Same. Yeah, I had him <laughs> at 50 points. So a little step down from last season, but he had a lot of power play points, and I can't see him getting quite as many this season. But again, if uh, he's playing with Marner, who... Probably will take a step forward. Maybe he keeps up his point total or even increases it a little bit. But See, I yes, he has a lot of power play points, but this is a high-powered offense. I had him at 55, so base, maintaining the status quo because, again, Martin is going to play better next year, and I just think that he'll at least maintain. Like I think he'll regress a bit, but because Martin will pick him up, yep, exactly. he'll be fine. But... When you say he'll get less power play points, I don't think he's going to because he will remain on the power play, and the person who will get shifted off the power play is Komarov mm, okay. for Marlowe coming in. Okay. And Marlowe's a better scorer than Komarov, so I yeah. don't – like, you will get assists passing the puck that's to Marlowe. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. So, I have him maintaining. Yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. The next – I had two guys at 45 points. Okay. So number six was Kadri, and then number seven was uh, the new acquisition, Patty Marlowe. Uh, 
So I had Kadri then Marlowe. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. I think I might be a little bit biased towards the Leafs here because I'm just like just one tier up usually. Yeah. It seems like. So I don't think Kadri's going to have quite the year he had last year because he just – He was so good last season. Not exactly a selkie candidate. He takes too many penalties and whatnot. And, but he, he did he very had that kind well of a season though. Role. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was really good. I wouldn't say he's a defensive center. No, he's but a two-way center. Yeah, he's a two-way center. He's like a better Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, fair enough. Nuge could turn into Kadri. I think that's what Nuge is like. That's goal. what people want him to be. Which, for first overall pick, not the greatest, but yeah. you, he could get there. Yeah. So I had actually Kadri sitting at 55 and Marlowe sitting at 50. Okay. Honestly, I, I yeah. might have put him up a little bit too high. I... I Bumped but, him down a lot from last season. Yeah, that's that's a fair call. Like, but maybe I did it a little bit too much. Who knows? It it all depends because usually players when they play on well when players play on a good team that scores a lot, everyone's scoring a lot. Yeah. So, but I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Not very sure how it's going to end up. All right. Um. Your number eight. Number eight. I went to the defensive side this time, and I chose Jake Gardner. Okay. I told I said thirty-five points, which again is a little bit less than last season. Okay. But um, still, still great for a defenseman. Why do you think he's going to get less than last season? No reasons in particular. Just, just because I don't know. <laughs> I'm a Suns fan. <laughs> <laughs> So I think this is the year where Jake Gardner truly gains the elite status in the league yep. in terms of point production. Uh, I see him hitting 50 points, Oof, somewhere wow. around that. Nice. I think it's because, uh, well, he's he quarterbacks the first unit on the power play, although both units are basically a first unit if mm-hmm. you really look at it. But he is on that power play, and he is going to be putting shots on net. And I see this team being top – well, if this team isn't top five in goal scoring this year, I'd be yeah, very surprised. So would I. He needs. He will be getting assists, and I see that uh, that number going up to fifty in points. Well, somewhere around there, give yeah, or take. Fair enough. Um, so he was your number eight as well. Uh, he was my number eight as well. Yes. Yep. Okay. Wow, our list have been very similar. Oh. Um, and then number nine, someone who I considered moving up. Because of his skill set, but I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity this season. And that's uh, Connor Brown. Downtown Connor <laughs> Brown. I love that guy. His jump when he scored against Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Made my made my year. That was so great. Oh, that goal. I was... One of the quietest 20-goal seasons. By a rookie. By a rookie. If, if Matthews and Marner and Nylander weren't there... Like, there would be huge buzz around this guy. And they signed him for less than Zach Hyman. It was like 2 point... Was it even 2 million? It was just over 2 million. 2-1. Two 2-1. One. Two one. Yeah. 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 It, if he had a better opportunity to get more minutes, I think he could easily put up 50 points plus. Oh, yeah. I think... Well, what kind of player is he like? He's like, he's like a poor man's Marion Hosa, kind of. Okay. He's that two-way player. Yeah. 
like he's never going to put up the points Hosa put up. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But mm-hmm. like he'll be a dependable player, and yeah, I could see him potting goals, getting some assists. But if he's, I, if he's playing with Marlowe and Kadri too, yeah, and he's pretty fast. But yeah, I had I had him at forty. I don't yep. think he's gonna like fair. completely light it up. But I think he'll take a. a I think he'll be a very very good player. He just won't have the minutes to yeah get the. High goal and assist totals. Uh, well, also, I think he's going to be uh, pretty important on the penalty kill. Yes, so yes. That's that, going to take that, away. That is a very important role. From his point total as well. For so sure. That's also why Gardner should be able to get more points because he'll have even strength and power play time. He doesn't need to play any penalty kill. Right, right. But then again, if you are playing with Hyman on the penalty kill, you're, you're guaranteed at least like five <laughs> points. Yeah, true. If you get him the puck. Yep. And then number 10, I went for someone to take a bit of a step up. I picked Morgan Riley. The one thing I'll say that's interesting about Morgan Riley is I think it was he had some ridiculous rate of primary assist to secondary assist. Yeah. He's like two to one primary to secondary. Well, that's, that's a good sign. Uh, it, it, it is a good sign. He's a little bit unlucky, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, he, he definitely could take a step forward. I personally didn't choose him. I think Zaitsev is going to hit a 35-point yep. season just because he quarterbacks the second power play. Yep. And again, the power play for Toronto was just so high-powered. Right. And, yeah, that's... I, I, I kind of went with Riley because, as we sort of alluded to earlier, was that him playing with Hunwick, maybe he'll feel as though he kind of can let loose and maybe realize that offensive potential that everyone thinks he has. So... Yeah, I figured he might. He should surpass thirty points this year. I could even see him getting closer to forty potentially. Wow. So, and if that happens, I mean, if he really establishes himself as a top pairing defenseman, the Leafs could be scary this year. I really think so. Yeah, actually, if he can establish this offensive game, he might get the power play time over Zaitsev. Yeah. So. So who who knows? I, I think. No matter what, it'll be a defenseman in that last spot. But it's yeah. just one, which one? That's the question. Unless Comrade or Hyman just light it up. Hey, Hyman, if Hyman's on a line with Matthews and Nylander, you never know what could happen there. Well, he shot six point four percent. Exactly. Year, so. You you got to. He scored ten goals last season. You got to figure it's going to go to at least fifteen. You saw all those tappings he missed. <laughs> I I missed some of them. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I don't know. Oh, that was that was so good that it hurt. Yeah. Oh man, I like that. <laughs> um, Perfect. Okay, so let's take a look at the Senators now. Yeah, let's go to the Sens. Why don't we? Um, and I guess I'll take over a little bit here, seeing as this is my team. It is your team, and I know a little bit less. You had your roster there. Um, yes. Yeah. So now there's a bit of a wrinkle here, seeing as. Going into the season, two of the Sens' top players being Eric Carlson and Derek Broussard, along with the recent news of Clark MacArthur being out. So um, I, I sort of made two lineups, one that they might start the season with and then one that would be assuming health from Carlson and Broussard. I'm, I'm assuming MacArthur's not going to play this season. Yeah, I, I think he's probably finished. Unfortunately, it's, uh, Savard all over. He again. still has so much more to give. He's such a great player, and he would fit so well on in Ottawa's top nine. But um, it's a big hole to fill. But we'll see if they can do it. 
So anyways, um, I, regardless of who is injured, um, I think that this season Ottawa needs to put a focus on scoring more goals. And um, to do that, I think they've got to reunite the hoffman Stone line as their top line. I, I think that's something they have to do. Yeah, that that's actually a really good line. Yeah, they that's they insanely they good. didn't play a ton together last season. Maybe they did a bit earlier on in the year, but I believe the season before they they played together for a pretty good stretch of games, and they were just insanely good. They were scoring tons of goals, and um, that's something I definitely want to see them reunite going into this year. Yeah. I see Mark Stone on that line as criminally underrated. Yes, he is. The Patrice Bergeron of the wing. He is. Like I I don't know why he doesn't get credit for it. Like if you're honestly when they're doing the Selkie, Mark Stone should be a part of that. Yeah. I think I think he should at some point in his career. I don't know if he'll ever win it. But, he's a winger. But it would be nice to see him get nominated at some point because he is just so good defensively. It it it's unbelievable to watch him play some nights. He's oh. just all over the puck. Yeah. But yeah, um, I see that being their first line, without a doubt. And then going into the season, because of Broussard's injury, I think Peugeot will be the second-line center, um, which I don't think is great, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's fine while Broussard's out. I don't think Broussard will be out very long. Um, so, But once Broussard does come back, I think that he will obviously be the second-line center, and I would love to see them put Ryan Dezingle on the second line. Um, I don't know if you saw him play much last season, but he has to be one of the faster wingers in the league. And he scored 14 goals last season, which really is not bad at all for a guy who didn't play a ton. For a guy that was going to be, uh, uh, what's it, to Vegas. Um, yeah, there were rumors of that. Very, Vegas, they protected him in the yeah, end. Yeah, they but. ended up protecting him. He was going to be exposed to Vegas. He really uh, yeah. everyone He's. Well. I'm really high on him. I, I could definitely see him taking a big step forward. He's constantly one of their top scoring chance generators as well, which is something I really look at um, when, look, when uh, analyzing forwards. So I would love to see him on that second line left wing. And then this might be a bit of a stretch, but it's something I would like to see them do. I, I really want to see Colin White playing on the second line right wing. Um, I know he's a natural center, but I just think that if, if he could be a decent, uh, second line, uh, winger, then that really would help fill the void that's left from MacArthur's injury. And it would allow Ryan to go to the third line, which is where I think he should be playing with, uh, JG Pajot as in the playoffs, they were great together. Ryan obviously was better in the playoffs than we had seen him in the past, I don't know, three seasons. Since he signed his contract I know. with... Or, yeah, yeah, since he's been with the since team, he's honestly. Been with Ottawa. That's some of the best hockey. He's, he was probably their best forward in the playoffs. And I really think that they need him to be with Pajot to sort of keep that going. And then on the wing, I really... I don't think there's a fantastic option, but I think Zach Smith is the best option. I've always liked Zach Smith. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's really improved his game over the past few seasons, and he's shown that he he has a bit more of a scoring touch than maybe we thought he did, and he's quite a good skater, and I think he could complement those two guys pretty well. So I I think that's a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going into the fourth line, 
Ah, uh, this is everyone's favorite no, trade I... for the second. Wait, oh. what was traded for Burroughs again? <laughs> was that was that Dolan? Yes, that was. is. Yeah. Oh man, that was that not hurts. good. When Jim Benning wins a trade, the hockey yeah, world that crashes. was. Uh, oof, rough memories. But yeah, so there's. Unfortunately, we got Alex Burrows along with recent signing, uh, UFA signing uh, Nate Thompson and Ooh. Guy Boucher's favorite, Tom Pyatt, on the right wing. And that's a fourth line that I am not very excited about, to be honest. I am hoping that they are not going to play very much, but knowing Guy Boucher and how much he loves those three guys, I I can't see them playing less than... 12-13 minutes a game, which I think is unfortunate because they just aren't good. <laughs> well, I think frank. if the Sens can make the playoffs playing them 12-13 minutes a game, you do it because it rests the rest of the lineup. But does this lineup make it to the playoffs with playing them 12-13 minutes a game? I don't know. That's the question. I mean, a lot of that ice time will be on the penalty kill, definitely. But... If they're playing any significant amount at 5-on-5, five five, I think it's a mistake. I, I really think that they should not be playing much at 5-on-5. Five five. Other than that, though, I one guy I could see them giving a chance this season um, is Nick Paul. I don't know where he would fit in, but um, a guy who's kind of been up and down recently. Um, but he... They need to give him a chance to see what he's got because it's been a few years now since the Spezza trade, and um, he hasn't really had a significant opportunity with the team, and I think he deserves it. He he played well down the stretch last season in Binghamton, so I think he's one guy who we could see being uh, inserted into this lineup with an injury, or maybe even instead of Colin White. But, yeah, I think that's what we've got going into the season for the forwards. Yeah, no, that's that's assuming Noah MacArthur, which I think. Yeah, that's that's a fair assumption. I I, I don't think he's going to be playing. He's gone the way of the dodo. Yep, I think so. Um, then moving on to the defensemen. Obviously, Eric Carlson's out for probably the first month of the season, which is quite problematic. This team is not the same without him. No. This team, if if they did not have Eric Carlson, I there there's no way they're a playoff team. There's no chance. Do they get more points than Vancouver if they don't have Eric Carlson? I think it's close. I think it's very close. That's actually insane. Like I, that's how valuable he is to this team. He is worth over twenty points in the standings to Ottawa. I mean, it does sound a little bit ridiculous, but it might not be. Like, so much of what happens, what goes on for that team goes through him. It is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. In the playoffs, he was playing on one foot, and he was, <laughs> and he was still their best player. It, it's, he's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So, um, I guess, seeing as they're going into the season without him, what I would love to see them do is have a top D pairing of uh, Dion Phaneuf and Thomas Shabbat. My favorite mustard, Dijon. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, not only would, <laughs> not only would that give Shabbat sort of a veteran 
de-pairing, but it it finally would make an end to the Fasisi pairing. It would also give him more practice on skating around pylons. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Dion Phaneuf is looking slow these days. I'm not going to lie. He When was he not looking slow? Yeah, that's At true. At one point in his career, maybe when yep. he was like 23. Mm-hmm. I feel so... There's a part of me that feels kind of bad about that trade where we trade for enough to to you guys, but at the I, I, same definitely time, definitely part of me that feels bad about that trade. <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, how do we get rid of his contract with no retained salary? I know. It's incredible what Lou can pull off. Yeah, I know. Wow. <sighs> yeah, but anyways, I I want to see what Shabbat can do. I think he can be a huge contributor to this team this season, even as a 20 year old, but. And I think with Carlson out, they need someone to provide some offense, and I think he's the guy to do it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If he gets inserted into that lineup, I think he's a dark horse for the Calder. Yeah, I think he that's is fair. such a good player. I yeah. loved watching him play when he was playing for the Canadian Juniors. He yeah, was, he's unbelievable. He was ridiculous. And then it made me kind of sad when they're like, he's a Sens prospect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but after that, I see, I think Cody Cece is going to be on the second pairing again. I mm-hmm. am not too optimistic about his play this season, but we'll see what happens. He's still relatively young, but I haven't really seen anything. Not too much growth. No, I've seen, honestly, I think he's gotten worse every single season in the in the league. He was pretty good his first year and just got worse since then. I think this is his fifth season now, I believe. Fourth full season. It's been a long time. Yeah, I know. And I just have not seen the kind of growth that I wanted to. But I think getting rid of um, Dion as his partner will be a help, and putting Freddie Clayson beside him I think will be really good. I think Freddie Clayson is maybe the most underrated player other than Mark Stone in this lineup. He's he's a fantastic defenseman, and ideally I would want to see him with Eric Carlson, but him being out at the start of the season, I think he'll be a good guy to put with CeCe. Yeah, I didn't realize actually how good Clayson was until I took like a better look at him yeah. and realized how yeah he how good he was. On he was this awesome team. last season. I thought he, was he also has a great grown. beard, so that's yeah. that's a plus. Also, he wouldn't be able to grow that on the Leafs because nope. Lou has that mm-hmm. no beard policy. Yep. I'd never survive there. Then <laughs> um, I guess third pairing, Weidman should be there, and I guess we got to go with Mark Borowiecki who honestly was better last season, still is pretty underwhelming to me, but um, I think his style of play fits better in the system they're playing. Mm -hmm. So it could be worse, but um, I would like to see someone better in that position. And they also have Johnny Oduya, who I picture being the seventh defenseman, but I don't think he's really much of an upgrade, if any, over Boro, and I don't think they'll play him over Boro. So... That's how I see the season starting. Well, yeah. Of course, Oduya is seventh defenseman with Carlson out. Yes. And just to add on to Borowicki, his most uh, impactful contribution last season was to the blooper highlight reels when he <laughs> lost a blade. Yeah, that was funny. How long was he on the ice for? Like 30 seconds? Yeah, something like that. And he could have easily just tried to get off the ice, but he, for some reason, <laughs> tried to stay in the play on a penalty kill. Wait, was that on the penalty kill? It was on the penalty kill, yeah. Is he an idiot? Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> Holy... He's... I don't think... Yeah, he's... 
trying to be trying to be a heart hero. and soul hero, but uh, just kind of made him look stupid, to be honest. Man, most players usually try and get off the ice when they lose a blade, but yeah, but it's a funny, it's a funny thing that happens. But yeah, what happens to the other teams? It's it's pretty funny. What happens to your own player? You're yeah, just panicking. Yeah. And I think I, I'm pretty sure they blew the whistle. Did After like thirty, I he was crying for a whistle at least. Like he was yeah. yelling at the linesman to give him a whistle. Yeah. I'm not sure. If or no, no, no. They didn't blow the whistle. There was a yeah. time in the playoffs. I can't remember who it was against. It might have been New York where someone lost a blade or something and they blew the whistle. So Otto was pretty mad after really? after seeing Boro have to wait it out for 30 <laughs> seconds. and then you, you get Warinsky taking a slap shot to the face and they don't blow a whistle. Yeah. And someone loses a blade. I know, I know. That doesn't know. make sense to me, yep. but... Yeah. Okay, and then with Carlson. And yeah, Clark. so with Carlson, I I can't see them having anyone other than Clayson as his partner. I see Clayson as the perfect replacement for Mark Mathot. Um, he's cheaper, which is great for Ottawa. Um, he is left-handed, which is good, and he's a similar type of player to Mark St- uh, Mark Mathot, but he has much more offensive upside. So I really, really, and he's Swedish, so it's an all Swedish pairing. So I, I, I'm a big fan of that pairing, definitely. Unfortunately, I think they're going to end up going back to the Finesse-CC pairing, which I think is a huge mistake, but they don't really have very many other options. Um, I would love to see Thomas Shabbat in there somehow, but I I don't see it happening. Maybe if, if CC falters, they move him down or trade him and put Shabbat as the right defenseman on the second pairing. Um, but yeah, then Bora Weidman again with Oduya as the extra. I, I don't know. I don't know how Shabbat fits in the lineup. I don't think they want him playing third, third pairing minutes. I think they'd rather have him playing twenty plus minutes a night in uh, Belleville, before rather than playing third pairing defense. So, I, I, I honestly think it's going to be hard for Shabbat to get ice time this year, unless because he's definitely going to be on the team at the beginning of the season. So unless he plays really, really well there, I. I think it's going to be tough for him to get ice time this year, unfortunately. Honestly, looking at the, those D pairings, I really think that if you were to slip Shabbat in with Fanoff and slide CC down yeah. to the third pair with Borowicki or Weidman, doesn't Either really one. matter. Either one. I think that's a much so do I. better defensive lineup because... Me too. I think Tom Shabbat's going to turn into a... Top-pairing defenseman. I think he's a top-pairing defenseman, but you could p- put him on the second pairing to, to help him even mature. it out. And even it out with yeah. Carlson. And yeah, as we said before, Phaneuf, even though he's a pylon, he still has got the experience. He's a veteran. Yeah. He knows how it's done. He's been a captain, so you know he, he could learn a little bit there. And plus, he could be more offensive because Phaneuf, he could probably sit back a bit. Yeah. Phaneuf had a great offensive season last year. He had, he had 30 points, uh, which for him is not bad at this stage of his career. <laughs> He was getting quite a bit of power play time. Uh, but yeah, I, I just hate that Fanoff-CC pairing. It was the most infuriating thing watching them game in, game out last year, and they just did not... They were just glued together the entire season. There was nothing that Guy Boucher was willing to do to mix them up. And I just don't think that their playing styles mesh together very well. It's just... Yeah. yeah. I, I think for Otto to have success this year, that pairing has to be broken up. I definitely think that's got to happen. 
Or Anderson needs to stand on his head. Yep, which they, I think Ottawa needs no matter what. And uh, Condon can't let any little pucks through nope. into the netting. How many games do you think Anderson's going to play this season? Because I... It, okay, it's very contingent on whether... On a few things. First of all, how fit he is. I don't know how fit he is after last year because he spent so much time with his wife. Yep. And secondly, if his... Uh, Wife gets cancer again. Oh jeez, I hope not. I like I okay. I obviously do not want her to yeah. like for that to happen again. But you have to. It's two years until you can be officially right. pronounced cancer free. Right. And I've seen it happen before, where people yeah. like it comes back, and it's it's a horrible thing. But you never know what's going to happen. Yep. And he's getting old. I mean, you never know when age is going to catch up with is him. He like thirty six. I think he's thirty seven. Actually, I don't know. He's he's old though. He's bald too. Yep, he's very bald. <laughs> he definitely he, shaves his head. He's thirty six. Wow, you know better than I do. What am I, wow. a Sens fan? <laughs> yeah, um, I keep saying he might show his age this season, but he hasn't yet. But I, I think he's going to play fifty games this season. I think they'll give Condon thirty or so. You know what surprised me? Uh, last year when we were doing like the hockey pool. Yep. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to pick Carlson because it's a keeper league. Because I'm like, he's kind of old. And then I looked, I'm like, wait, he's only 26? Yeah, he's this only 26. This guy's been, like, it feels like he's been around forever. Like, Probably should have had at least three, maybe four Norris trophies by now. Okay, the fact that he doesn't have a Norris is criminal. PK's... What? He's, wait. He's two. Th- am I stupid? Yeah. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Disregard what I just said. He is too, but... Uh, who am I thinking of who doesn't have a Norris? Shea Weber. <laughs> I don't care about Shea Weber. <clears throat> Especially now that he's a Habs uh, player. What the heck? Am I stupid? It's Actually, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, why don't we move on to the point projections for the Suns now? Yes, that, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> um, I'm, I'll start it off. I think we differ here again for who's number one on our list. Yeah. I went with kind of the normal pick, the one that most people would probably say, but um, because of his injury, maybe not. But that is Eric Carlson, and I said he was going to get 75 points this year. I believe you had someone different. So we can see how I am biased towards the Leafs because I'm a Leafs fan. He's biased towards the Suns because he's a Suns fan. So he's basically predicting Eric Carlson is going to get over a point a game for for the Pretty season. Pretty much. Because he's going to miss about I'd eight, eight games, to ten games or something like that. Yeah. yeah, probably. Which is completely fine to predict that because Eric Carlson's a he's beast. A freak. He's a freak. He's a freak. He's just so good. Like I could see this guy. He's basically... I don't want to say Bobby Orr, but like he's yeah. the modern day. Yeah, maybe Brent Burns. I don't know. Nah. Uh, I had Hoffman at number one. Yeah, and it's because Hoffman scored at a pretty good clip last year. Yep, he had twenty six goals. Yep, sixty one points. And I think seven he had twenty seven the year before, I believe. So pretty yeah. much the same, but he only played. He missed eight games last season, so that's also a factor. Yeah. So I I don't know if he's going to miss games again this year, but. I'm assuming the full 82 so far, and because mm-hmm. Carlson is missing eight to ten games, and Hoffman's getting all those games, 
I just feel like Hoffman's. Yeah, that have makes the sense. Legs there's up. there's two reasons as well why I think Hoffman could have a big season. One is last year he was moved around on lines a lot, so he did, he was kind of unable to build chemistry with a lot of the guys. And um, for a lot of the season, Ottawa was running this horrendous line of Hoffman, Pajot, and Pyatt, which I just absolutely <laughs> hated. It was just horrible to watch because you have Hoffman, who's dynamic offensively. Pajot is pretty good, and then. Pied, who was just kind of an anchor to them. They were just dragging him up and down the ice. And Hoffman had no real help to score any goals. So he, yeah. I want to, I don't know exactly how much, but it must have been around half of the season last year that they went with that line. And I think that that was a real reason for why he didn't score as much. And also, Ottawa's, um, Ottawa's power play was not very good last season. And I think yeah. um, now that they've sort of settled in with Guy Boucher's system, that a focus this year going into training camp and in practices will be to work on the power play. And I think that Hoffman's going to be the number one threat on that power play. Carlson's always the number yes, one threat. Yes, but... Um, in terms of forwards for scoring... Yes, definitely. His slap shot... Yeah, I, I think... And and with those two factors considered, if he plays in a line with Stone and or Turris this season, I think that he could easily pot 35 I, I would not. I be could see him hit thirty-five goals. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. It's going to be closer to thirty, but yeah. I think I could see him hit thirty-five. I, I think he's going to hit thirty for the first time in his career this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit thirty-five. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if he hit forty. It's it's plausible. To he happen. is the goal scorer of the team for sure. But yeah, I had him. It I, all depends. I had him at number two with seventy points. How many did you have him as? I had him at 70. 70 to lead the team? Okay, fair. Yeah, so I had Carlson at 65 in yep. the, at the number two spot. Right. Basically just, just because of his injury. the injury. Yep. Like, he would be number one at 75 if he was playing the full season. Right, that's fair. Um, then on to number three, I picked Mark Stone, who I think is going to really bounce back this year. He he had some injuries last year, who which really seemed to sort of um, slow him down a bit, if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he. I think he's really going to have a bounce back season, and I think he'll get close to a point per game. I, I would expect that. Yeah, I had uh, number three Stone because yep. he's a rock. <laughs> On the sentence. Wow, the bad puns already. Episode one. Um, I just again, like I said earlier, he's just he is. Okay, Hoffman has been one of my favorite players on the sentence for a long time, but Mark Stone is one of my other favorite players. I just loved his game, and he's just... He's the way hockey players are supposed to be taught how to play the game. Yeah. Like, he is a true hockey he player. He plays the game right, to use yeah. an old hockey cliche. Like, the game has moved so offensively now, whereas this is a guy who still back-checks, and... Yeah. Honestly, his forecheck and he his leads, defensive forecheck is like he leads really the league good. in takeaways every single season by a landslide. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the guy is just unbelievable. The I, the, the passes he picks off, it's yeah. it's insane. It's, it's kind of Datsukian. Yeah, he is. He is like with less skill, obviously. Yeah. But but he is a similar type of player. To uh. be honest, it's uh, he's really fun to watch in and day he, in and day. He doesn't out. have the dang. No, no. He's got the hockey IQ for Oh, him. he's got all the hockey IQ. All the hockey IQ, definitely. So I, I think he's a pretty good bet to be either number one or number two in scoring for the forwards. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Yeah. Um, n- number four, I went to Kyle Turris. 
I went to the former Arizona Coyote. Kyle Phoenix Turris. Coyote. Never an Arizona Coyote. <laughs> Phoenix, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was going by the current team name, but you are yeah. very correct. Yes. He was Phoenix. <laughs> um, yeah, he had 55 points last year. I, I said he would get 60, which might be a bit much, but... I kept him at 55. Yeah, I, that's fair. He, he had a good 27 goals, 27 assists. I yeah. think he'll be somewhere around that same thing again. Yeah, he had 28 assists. Don't that, cut sorry, him short. My bad. One, one less than I said. So yeah, 55 for Turris sounds about right. I said 60. Um, then number five, I went with Derek Broussard here. It's a bit of a drop down. Yeah. Um, did you go with Broussard as well? Yes, I did. Yeah, he had 39 and 81 last season. Um, I thought he played better than those numbers show, but I, I could see him scoring a bit more this season. He had a 7.2% shooting percentage. That's got to go up. That's got to go up. I, I could see him pushing... 20 goals and about 20 to 25 assists like he had last season, which would bring him to 45 points. I think that's fair. Yeah, honestly, that that makes as, as long sense. as his shoulders in decent health for the season, I think we could see that. Honestly, if he just shoots at 10, percent yeah, that puts him to 20 goals. Yeah, it and does. He's it does. So like, I don't see him hitting seven percent again. No, that, that just doesn't make sense. No, to me. definitely not. So that's he's a pretty good bet to score at least 45 well, points. I'd say. Yeah, as long as he continues to shoot, though. Yes. Like, he needs to shoot the puck. Yeah. If he doesn't... Mark Stone only had 134 shots last year. Yeah, I know. That's pretty nuts. He was off his game. He was... Wow. Yeah, I know. That was... He still scored 22 goals, 16% shooting percentage. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's not much. I guess they were playing the trap, so you're getting less shots. Yeah, uh, I, I suppose... But, Interesting. Um, yeah. And then after Broussard, I I pick Bobby Ryan. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a decent season this year. Nothing amazing, but I had him at forty five points, so around 20, 20 goals ish, maybe a little more, twenty assists, maybe a little more. I, I think I see him more of a playmaker nowadays. So I'd say maybe twenty goals, twenty five assists, but for how how much he's getting paid, it's probably not good enough. But <laughs> probably not good enough. Uh, yeah, I have Bobby Ryan next too. I don't think with his kind of contract at over seven, you you can be uh, scoring this many points and be too happy. Mm-hmm. Well, at least ownership, he can be happy about the money he makes, but ownership not so much. Definitely, I have him getting thirty five. I think he's going to do better than last year, but I just I don't know. I don't see him like. Lighting it up like the Bobby Ryan of old. No, I don't. I don't think we're it's ever going to see that. I don't think we're ever going to see that again. Man, I'm just waiting for like one year Bobby Ryan just like pops off for like 95 points. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And you're just like, what? That's not going to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wish that would be hilarious. It's 13 goals last year. 13 goals and in he 12 scored assists. like. He got a point or two in the opener against the Leafs. Probably. He Every, scored, everyone got a point in he that got, game. He scored the first goal for the Suns last year. Yeah. Carlson assisted, obviously. Mm-hmm. That game was... Yeah, that game was crazy. One of the craziest game games I've been to. That was nuts. Yeah. Austin Matthews putting in four. It was so annoying, though, because you were texting me when stuff was happening. Yeah. And my stream was lagging. Yeah. And so you were like, God damn it. And yeah. I was like, what? And then Matthew scored again. All right. And I was like, yes. My <laughs> life is 
getting better by the by the second. <laughs> um, who did you have next? At number seven, I had Ryan Zingle. So did I. I I had him at forty points. I think he's gonna have a good season. I think he could even surpass forty points. He had thirty two last year, and I just see a lot of upside in his game. He he had so many scoring chances, and he just could not finish last season. I I really think he could score twenty goals. Definitely a possibility. Yeah, especially if he gets the ice time. Somewhat like Ryan, I had him at thirty five. Of course, since these are like tier type things, I think they're both going to get a bit above thirty five. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely see growth in his game, and he's he was really fun. He's to watch. fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. What a guy! What a gem. I think he'll be a top six forward this year. Whether Hopefully. whether or not he should be, I think he will be on, well, on the Sens. Per- perhaps. Yep, yeah, I think so. And then next on number eight, I had JG Pajot. four goal hero. I know that was that was insane. He's done that like. Twice? He, well, he had the hat-trick against Montreal in the playoffs. Oh, okay. I wasn't but, sure if that was four or three. Yeah, but this was the game tire late in the game, plus the OT winner for his fourth of the game. Yeah, that's that's what you call captain clutch. He should be the captain of the Sens. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because yeah, they don't have a good captain right now. Right? Yeah, their captain's garbage. Yeah. Should be traded to the Leafs for, like, a bag of pucks and a bag of chips. And maybe a vending machine. <laughs> next, I had uh, Zach Smith. Kind of just the next guy I saw with having any potential to put points. I don't know. Who did you have? Oh, wait. I had Smith at 35, actually, before Pajot. So okay, fa- that's fair. We had a little bit different there. My, my writing's a little... <laughs> oh yeah, I had Smith at thirty points. It's kind of been along with what he's done the past couple of years, other than his twenty-eight goal season two years ago, which was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he was sniping. Yeah, that was that was weird, but I don't think we'll see that ever again. Um, and then number ten, Dijon. You put Dion. I was gonna put Dion there, but I I went with kind of. Not really off the board, but... Yeah, but you're thinking Dion's going to get less points than that. Yeah, so I, I put Thomas Shabbat there at number 10. I I really think that if he plays this season, he's going he's gonna to do a very good job, and he's going to put up quite a few points. Yeah, but think about it. Dijon to Shabbat, Shabbat to Dijon, Dijon to yeah, Shabbat, fair. Shabbat scores. That's a point for both of them. That would be, but... Uh, and D- Dion. Dion got a lot of power play time last year. I think they'll give that to Shabbat this season. I, I think that will end up working. Eh, well, actually, that is kind of fair, because when Phaneuf shoots the puck, he kind of aims at people's heads. Yep. And he very kills true. them. Yep. Well, well, we were very similar in our rankings there. Uh, well, I I think that's kind of like realistic. If this was like a rookie list, mm-hmm. I think it would be a bit different. Yep. Which we may do in the future, so you should... Tune <laughs> again when we have our next podcast. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so now that we've kind of gone through both the teams, why don't we sort of do our um, predictions of where they're going to finish in the division? Oh. So I have Toronto finishing second right. in the Atlantic. Behind and Tampa Bay? Behind Tampa Bay. 
And I have Ottawa finishing fourth. Fourth behind Tampa, Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Toronto, and Boston. Okay, that's yeah, definitely possible. It's possibility. Yep. I so you had Montreal at six. Wow. You, so you're down on them this season. Oh, I'm down. Like that season when uh, they. I feel like this is a season like the season when they got Galchenyuk. Right. When they just fell off the map. Yep. And the Leafs were also bad that year, but it's they were bad every definitely year. a possibility, especially if they had an injury to one of their big players. I think like carry my team price. Yeah, carry price. If he got hurt, I think they're screwed. Kind of the way if Ottawa, for Loses Ottawa, Carlson. If, if Carlson was out for an extended period of time, I think they're screwed as well. Do you think they'd be screwed if they lost Weber? Nope, I don't. You don't think so? No, I don't. I, I think Who they could survive. Who fills on that defense? I think Petrie just moves into the number one spot, which isn't ideal, but I think that they would survive. They're... Mm. Actually, I was looking at their defense. They have actually decent defensive depth. They, they have, have like eight NHL They do have a bit of depth. I mean, it's not great depth, but it's depth. Mm. Yeah. Like, I was looking at it, and Jordy Ben could be potentially your seventh. Yeah, that's, pretty, not that's not bad, bad at all. Not bad at all. But yeah, I had uh, same as you, Tampa number one. I I'm really high on Toronto this year, as painful as it is to say. I think they're going to finish second in the division. Mm-hmm. Finish second in the division. Um, third, I I'm not quite as down as Mon- on Montreal as you are, so I had them there. I still think that they're a pretty good team. I don't see them going too far though. Um, the next, I had Ottawa at four, so I. They won't. They'll be one of the wild card teams, or at least fighting for one of the wild card yeah. spots. I think they'll be I, fighting for that. I definitely don't view them as a Stanley Cup contender, but I think that they should make the playoffs. If if, if Carlson, Carlson is healthy for the season, it's pretty hard not to be close to the playoffs at least. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm thinking for. When you say Stanley Cup contender, yeah, do you consider the Leafs to be a Stanley Cup contender? I I think I if if the Leafs can either have one of their young defensemen take another step forward or if they can somehow acquire another top four defenseman throughout the season, I will say definitely. Mm-hmm. The current state right now, I'd say maybe. I yeah okay. I okay. think their forward group is definitely Stanley Cup contender. Forward, yeah, but their uh, defense still has a few question marks. I think. But I, I think they're very, very close to being a legit Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. Well, you saw it in last year's playoffs. Riley and Gardner played ridiculous minutes against the Capitals. And the other, Carrick especially, wasn't too trusted. So right. it was uh, an interesting situation. Yep. Anyways, that about wraps it up for us here today. Uh, we're very happy that you came in to listen and uh, we will see you guys next time. Ciao.